and welcome to Evaluand, a podcast about the land of evaluation between you and me, your host, Dana Linnell Wanzer. This is the show where we interview people about any and all things evaluation related. Okay, welcome to our next episode of Evaluland. I am here with members of uh, Eval Youth with the Latin America and Caribbean folks. And so we have Claudia Alavria from Chile and Gerardo Sanchez from Mexico to come join us and talk about what evaluation looks like in their context. So Claudia, Gerardo, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dana, for the invitation. We're super excited to be sharing this space here with you today. Thank you so much, Dana. Looking forward to it. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm so happy you could both join us and that you accepted my invitation to be on the podcast. So to get started, I'd love to hear from both of you about your background and experience in evaluation, a little bit about who you are, where you currently work, and how you got into this field and all that kind of fun stuff about who you are in this evaluation space. So Claudia, do you want to start us off? Yes. Well, I'm Claudio Lavarria. I'm an independent evaluation facilitator or consultant, if you want to see it that way. I'm based in Chile. Nowadays, I'm working mostly from Latin America and the Caribbean. And currently, I'm one of the two co-chairs of Eval Youth LAC. That's the original chapter, as you just said, of Eval Youth. I have now more than 10 years of experience facilitating evaluation. That's a lot. <laughs> 13, to be more exact. And what I've been doing these years is evaluating programs and policies in Chile and abroad with a special focus in interventions that aim to transform the life of vulnerable populations. Let's say children, youth, uh, women, rural populations, et cetera. I'm very passionate about it. I, that's what I love to do. And especially the field work part that I'm happy to be missing these days, these pandemic days. That's about it about, about me, Dana. Thank you, Gerardo. Thank you. Um, I am Gerardo Sanchez. I am a um, sociologist and anthropologist that happen to be an evaluator as well, facilitator for more than uh, around 10 years. Um, and, and I have my own practice and, and my, my own consultancy, very, very, very small indeed, but um, we like it that way because uh, we, we have a more uh, direct contact with uh, clients and, uh, and the programs that we are evaluating. And I am so very similar to, to Claudia. I uh, focus on the umbrella concept of uh, evaluation for development, for social development. And we work with projects about the public health, education, indigenous people, uh, community development, and so on and so forth. And um, I am also uh, have a, a very active roles in uh, volunteering for the evaluation betterment. And one of them is uh, the promotion of uh, the inclusion and, and enhancement and uh, strengthen of the uh, young and emerging evaluators via the uh, Eval Youth uh, Initiative in the Latin American chapter. We, I'm very honored to be the co-chair along with, with Claudia. And I also, uh, I am member of the local VOPI in Mexico, which is ACEVAL. And um, yeah, those, those are my, 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 my hats uh, in, in the field of, of, of evaluation. My consultancy is called Mutua. And we are based in, in, in the internet these days. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's perhaps a little weird to talk about like what does evaluation look like when we're also in the midst of a pandemic and evaluation just kind of looks different for us all right now as a result of that. <laughs> it does. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So um, the purpose of kind of all of this is to think about like, what does evaluation look like in your context? So to, to get us started though, I think it's important that we kind of define what we mean by evaluation. What, so Gerardo, what, how would you define evaluation? Like, like perhaps if a client came to you or if you're talking to maybe a researcher, how would you tell them like, what is evaluation? Well, I would go with the most like formal uh, definition and then um, 
probably uh, tell them with uh, different words, but uh, I would like the, the, the standard definition of uh, devaluation as a systematic assessment of the, of the design implementation and of the results of a public intervention in these three phases, not emphasizing that it is not coming after exposed uh, an, an, intervention, an intervention, but also the design and the implementation conducted logically, ethically, and collectively also, and of course, oriented to utilization. That would be my, 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 my definition very briefly. Yeah, thank you. Claudia, how would you define it? I always try to define things the most simple way <laughs> there is. So I would say it's a decision-making tool. Evaluation is a decision-making tool. And I believe what's important about it, what Gerardo just said, that's a systematic exercise because this is what's, what's different than just value. And it's a systematic exercise that aims to value an initiative from a wide possibility of lenses and criteria. I think this is also important to see there's just not, no one way to properly or rigorously evaluate or only one valid perspective to evaluate. So I would just always put that openness and wide set of options to look at evaluation and the evaluation practice. Yeah, I appreciate both of your definitions. One of like, like, why are we doing it? It's not just the activity of doing evaluation, but it's for use or, or for decision-making purposes, right? Um, but Claudia, I really like that addition of, um, you know, that the values lens, right? The, like for one, evaluation is about values, but the uh, thinking about the there's a variety of lenses we can approach it from, but then both from, you know, both of you talking about like that, the collaborative and like my way isn't necessarily the right way and how we have to work with others to develop and do that evaluation work. I really appreciate that. I don't, I don't normally see that in people's definitions of evaluation, but I really appreciate it. I'm glad you like it. That's the way we try to do it. <laughs> so in terms of like that collaboration and, you know, working with folks to do this work, is that, would you say that's key to do that work in, in your context? Like, are there people in your context you're saying who, or that you might see that aren't doing that? Or do you think that that's something that a lot of people in your context really do value? I think that's what we try to promote in order to increase quality, the quality of evaluation and the potential of its use. What does not mean that that's the mainstream or the, the way most of the folks are doing it. Mm. So I would say um, in the last 10 years or so, in those countries where, where the M&E systems are more solid or, or more vigorous, this is being done more often. But not the, the main way we exercise evaluation in this region. There's also a very um, standard or very, if you want to say it, I don't want to be inspected, but a more old fashioned, one expert, one client way of doing evaluation too. Right. I don't know if Gerardo, you agree or you have another vision. Uh, yeah, this question is taking us to the kind of uh, characterization or description of the context of uh, uh, in which um, evaluation is, is, is done or how it looks like in, in, in the region, Latin America, we're talking about it uh, in the best of our capacities. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that. There is, there is a, a, like a traditional way of doing things, a, a traditional way of evaluation, which it's been more related to auditing. Um, it's, uh, which, which it, its purpose is more about um, control uh, and standard, uh, standardization and st standardized uh, way of doing uh, evaluation. One, eva one evaluation, for instance, in Mexico, we, we've developed since 2006 with the institutionalization of evaluation by law, uh, a set of uh, questions and, and, and questionnaires, a set of uh, mm. instruments and um, uh, methodologies for doing three or four types of evaluation, mostly, and with a, a predefined set of questions. And the idea was to evaluate everything with every program with this set of questions in order to have comparison. And we, we created this system. 
And it was okay for the, for the first 10 years in order to institutionalize for sure. But now I think I can see that it is getting getting a little bit, uh, um, um, it's getting, it's falling short in, com in comprehending uh, comple the complexities that uh, the programs uh, always entail. So I would say that uh, as, as I, I, I agree with Claudia, this is more like our idea, our ideal, where we, what we would like to see. It's taking over slowly, but I can see that the, uh, the new methodologies, as for instance, participatory methods are uh, being established, but not precisely but by, by government or public servants, but uh, from the civil society in my, in my point of view. Mm. And that's, that's uh, also, uh, that, that also goes for, for Latin American region. And I will talk a little bit more about that in, in the next uh, topics. Yeah, if you if you allow me, Donna, I would say it depends on the client. Like NGOs on the third sector are always more open, at least in my practice, uh, to innovation, to doing to trying different things. Perhaps due to lack of budget, perhaps due to lack of data. That's also something they suffer. But I think there's much space to do things differently to, and after that, to share what they've learned and stimulate learning from other organizations. However, there are some government practices that are changing these days. I'm just finishing now a participatory evaluation of a public cultural, a, a national public policy, which is very impressive in this part of the world, but it was just done by the government, by the Chilean government. So there are lights and there are people working in that, but definitely not all of us. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like we maybe need to step back and think about kind of the governmental context that you're working with as well. Um, so Gerardo, you, you were mentioning, if I understand and heard correctly, that you you're, like the Mexican government has institutionalized evaluation in terms of like what it should look like and how it should be done. Is that correct? Yeah, by the, uh, an, uh, an autonomous organization. Uh, but also it's it's which is part somehow of, 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 of the of the of the government and nonetheless is autonomous is uh, coneval which is a reference uh, it's um it's a reference for, for for the region as well of, of this in, in this in, in the in the establishment of the different different other uh, different uh, evaluation systems it was approved by law in 2006. And from that, they they were they they are the commissioners of evaluate the, the big com, the main commissioner of evaluation in, in the Mexican public sector. They uh, they made a diagnosis of which program each year which program needs to 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 be evaluated in which method, mm -hmm. the time frame, the budget, and the and the hiring of uh, of, of of the external team for of, of consultants of evaluators for doing the. The evaluation sometimes sometimes they do it by uh, in home in, in house sorry and uh but yeah it's, uh, from 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 that that on that that's been been, been the case um and this is how it works there here yeah thank you that's helpful claudia there what's happening in chile in chile um evaluation it's pretty uh, very institutionalized i would say too we have at least Two um, national, uh, two systems that that link evaluation with budget um, assi assignments. No. Well, with this, with budget decision making in the parliament, and that works very well. But as Gerardo just said uh, in the last point, I think now it's falling a bit a bit short. So there are other parts of evaluation that might be a bit underlooked or under review due to this. So people like the governments and public sectors know, are aware of the importance of evaluation, but they're aware of the importance of evaluation most of the time linked to their need to, to manage or to obtain the budget to operate their programs. So I think it's a great achievement, but I think there's much more to be done. However, in a Latin American context, the Chilean case, the Mexican case, and the Colombian case, I would say, are spotlights in the sense that they have a 
much more developed a monitoring and evaluation system than many of all the other countries. Mm. I would also add, so, sorry, Costa Rica mm -hmm. as well. Yes, yeah, Costa is, Rica. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, so there are a few countries that are stepping much farther in terms of these experiences, and we're trying to all learn about it, but there are also other countries that are just in the first steps towards institutionalizing m and &E. So it's a very, uh, I, I never know if this word exists, but it's a very heterogeneous reality in this part of the, of the world. You can see all kinds of cases. Yeah, and I get the sense that it's very heterogeneous across the entire world, right? Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> what, you know, the, whether or not it's institutionalized and to what extent and how and what are the practices. And I think that's the purpose of why we're all here to talk about that. So right. I appreciate that, that context. I think that's helpful. Cool. So we've talked a little bit about this, but like you, you we mentioned like utilization and decision making, like why... Why do we do evaluation? What is the purpose of doing evaluation in your context? Wow, that's a difficult question. <laughs> I would say to me, the purpose of doing evaluation is always learning. That's what I, what I try to, to, when I facilitate an evaluation process, and I say, you know, you should do this because you need to learn from the data you have from your experiences and all. But I think it's got an, a very strong linkage with um, accountability, at least in this part of the world. Like we are evaluating much to, uh, to let people know what we're doing with resources, with public resources. And the learning part, it's a bit uh, less developed. So I think there is a um, gap there that should be filled somehow. And I think that might be because that part is more related to teams that you work with, teams that, that are implementing, that are not always the same decision makers that are very much allowed of the importance of evaluation for, for accountability. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I agree with, with, with all that, that Claudia said. It's, uh, it's about transparency and accountability. And yeah, we have a lot, a lot of work uh, to do in, in terms of the learning because uh, what are we doing really with the, with, with the products of the evaluations if not to, to store in, in, in a cabinet and um, let the people know that we, we employ the money that, we were, that, that it's been allocated for, for that purpose. Uh, I think that there's, there's uh, another step and another phase that we would like to see in terms of the promotion of the, the utilization of evaluation the, the, to, to really uh, apply and, and utilize the, the, the findings and uh, recommendation of evaluation in the program, in the cycle of, of, of the program from the design, the implementation and the, and the, and the return of, 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 of investment and the resorts, et cetera. Yeah, it's this, this is uh, like the, the horizon. We would like to see a change in using the, the learning, the utilization of evaluation. I think a collaborative evaluation allows you to have the learning step increase, to put the, the light, to, to put the, your energies in that learning. That's why it's important and that's why NGOs are doing a great job in that part. Beyond collaboration, what are the things are you or do you think should be done to increase that utilization and increase that learning? Well, um, first, first of all, well, in, in, in terms of how it's being done in the, in, in the, in the public sector, in government, I think uh, it's also encouraging uh, uh, the role, the participation of evaluate, evaluators in the, in, in the design of the program also. Because the, nowadays, what it's happened is um, we, as evaluators, just uh, bumped into the room at the end of the pre, of, of the implementation, exposed. Everything is like that. At least in the in in, in the in most of the cases that I've been facing with uh, evaluating po po public policy and pub and, and programs, um, I think one of the these aspects is uh, to taking on the on the previous evaluations. Because we've been created with this system of M&E, we've been created a lot of evidence a lot, and a lot of data, a lot of reports, and, uh, and the, the, the evidence gap is, uh, the, the evidence map is, is, is very packed. 
but we were not using all that knowledge. So I think it's very important to get an evaluator in the design team also in order to locate this first, locate this, all, all this knowledge, all these resources and, and, and applying to the, to, the, to, the, to the new cycle of the project, um, uh, making this adaptation, making, using these recommendations really from the design, from the beginning of the, of the, um, of the project. Um, NGOs are doing differently because sometimes the evaluators are also embedded in the, in the whole cycle, as, as Claudia uh, mentioned. Uh, we're saying, and uh, but yeah, in, in terms of public policy, there's still, uh, I think there's this gap to be filled in, in order to get the role of the, uh, the evaluation in this in, in, from the beginning, yeah. I, I would also add um, that the design of the evaluation needs to be pertinent, saying that we do we if we standardize too much evaluations they might know they might not be meaningful for people that could use their results for example if we're just doing impact evaluations and we're just quantifying certain impacts that might be that might or might not be relevant for decision makers about how they implement their programs or what changes could they make that's one thing i think the design should be flexible and Definitely, intervention teams should be part of the those that decide what evaluation should be made. The other thing, it's involvement that we just said. If I'm involved in through the whole process, I would, I would be more. Um, how do you say? I would feel part of it, and I would be empowered with using it, and etc. I think agile communication is also very important regarding those reports that Gerardo says that lie in a cabinet for years and years. I think we as evaluators need to start developing communication products that are agile and are useful and are also understandable for all kinds of audiences. And I would say that is the main part where the use uh, lies. I mean, if I understand your report and I understand what you're trying to say I should do, I might use it. Otherwise I would definitely not do it. And I think there's one thing that we dream about it and I don't think there's much done on it yet. That's empowering communities and empowering uh, media, et cetera, social, social, civil society in general to demand evaluation and to see uh, the results of evaluations and how they're used. I think that's a, we have a big gap there, but I, I believe that's the way we should go. Yeah, I get the sense that uh, we we as a field should be doing more in advocating for why evaluation should be used so that like the programs that are getting started know, hey, I should be talking to an evaluator to make sure that what I'm creating is valuable, that I'm not, you know, and, and preparing for a good evaluation at the end, right? Like, I think the problem is we get to the end and it's like, okay, evaluate my program. It's like, you didn't collect good data. I guess, you know, I can do a retrospective evaluation, but like if you had brought me in on the beginning, we could have made such a big difference, right? And now I can only do so much at this point and advocating for who we are and what we do um, and the importance of all this, I think could help. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely, I agree. So thinking about designs, I'm wondering, are there any particular approaches, like evaluation approaches or theories that you see happening often in your context? Okay, I would think um, in Chile, we are doing um, design evaluations, like ex-ante evaluations. We're doing impact evaluations and meta-analysis. This regarding what's mostly done from the government size. And also, um, I would say quantitative evaluations are much more popular and probably valued than other evaluations. And we're working on that. I believe that's changing increasingly, but still, if you say I'm doing an impact, uh, I don't know, an RCT, it would be much more valued than other, than other perspectives. However, in other spaces and even in the government, when, when evaluation is demanded towards decision-making that happens sometimes, 
there's much more flexibility towards the, the approaches, the evolution approaches and tools that you use. And then you see this thing that I just told you about the participatory approaches, qualitative evaluations, utilization focused evaluations and all, all different kinds of, of perspectives. Yeah, I, I would also say, uh, echoing the words of, of, of Claudia, that um, um, yeah, the M&E systems, uh, and I think it's not just about uh, the, the case of Mexico, but also the, what, that I, uh, I've been uh, reading and, 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 and heard about colleagues in, in, in other parts of Latin America as well, is the, like, it seems like the, the, the golden standard is also, uh, it's um, the RCT sometimes when there is budget to do that. Uh, the quasi-experimental analysis uh, methodologies, which is quantitative, but also, and most, most importantly, more commonly, the, all, all these uh, methodologies coming from the logic, the logic frame model. You know, uh, Rist and, and Mora and, and Linda Mora, uh, and the way to results is one of the, is like the, the, the handbook of, of, of many planners here, here in Latin America. And, and, I, can, and I can confirm that. <laughs> from 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 some of the clients I've been working with, and um, but the Coneval, which is a national, I just read it in the Wikipedia. It's trying to translate the name, in the, the, the nomenclature in in, in, in English is the National Council of the Evaluation of Social Development Policy uh, in Mexico. Um, they do it a, a, a quite a remarkable job. Also, uh, we have to say that uh, in, from from the beginning, in one of the conditional. Uh, trans, uh, cash transfer programs uh, for, for poverty allevi alleviation that was Oportunidades and Progresa. They also, the, um, uh, they, they start doing uh, uh, um, qualitative uh, analysis, qualitative evaluations. And it was very bold at the time because it was, uh, no one at the time uh, was thinking or thought that it was possible to do such a thing uh, of qualitative studies for a public policy, because they were very concerned about the 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 the, the, the sampling. You know, like uh, we we have this this principle that uh, what works for this community doesn't um, necessarily work. We will work for for the other community, and that's why it was they were very concerned about doing the the, the standardization and the quali quantitative analysis. But uh, uh, they started doing cases case studies and they were uh, they provided very rich information and they were very useful for utilization to uh, to prevent to to change the, the the trajectory of the program the design of the program the implementation of the program and it was really really uh, re it was remarkable and it was okay and these days and uh, also motivated and I, I will I will talk about that at, at, at the end right from 2015, which it was, it was the the the, the, the the international year of evaluation globally, that started the conversation, and and, and I see a, quite a change from that. Uh, it, it, it was like a milestone, in, in, in a sense. Uh, we started to talk about more in, in, in this mainstream, so to speak, uh, uh, evaluation uh, landscape, which is from 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 local governments and national governments. We saw uh, 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 we saw the the proliferation of, of which is um, is 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 not big enough, but it, it started there, of different methodologies as Claudia mentioned, the participatory approaches, the empowerment evaluations, and uh, and um, also qualitative studies with different methods, and uh, yeah, in, in 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 local governments, for instance, in Me in Mexico, there there is a case of the state of Jalisco where Guadalajara City is. Uh, that uh, they they've been also uh, starting to to um, uh, conduct evalu participatory evaluation with participation, which never heard of, of that before. They 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 they've been educating the public, the ser the public servants as well, what particip participation is. Also, the case of Costa Rica with Mideplan, which is uh, also the the, the, the national uh, institution for 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 the administration of evaluations. There, that's not the name, but this is. As, as, as the sense uh, and that, that's the idea. Um, they also been promoting uh, different methods, different approaches of evaluation. And we see that in, in Colombia as well. We see that with, uh, with, um, with hope, really. Uh, so, such uh, interesting developments uh, are happening at, at that uh, uh, public, uh, public sphere level. So it sounds like we've got 
uh, some some trends happening in both your contexts that we're getting a little bit more participatory in the work that that that's like in your evaluation work, um, but also that there's a trend in a move away from purely quantitative evaluations towards more uh, embracing of qualitative approaches as well. Donna, I, I wanted to add something that I think we have not developed much because of the countries in which our main practice is based. The um, international cooperation has a very big influence in shaping evaluation in this region, not in Chile and I don't think in Mexico either, but in, there, in many other countries it does. And I think they have also installed perspectives and approaches that are valuable for them in the evaluation practice in the region. And that's important to say. Regarding that, I would say that, for example, intercultural um, approaches, gender-based approaches, uh, <laughs> among many others, have been installed from the United Nations or from international cooperation in the practice in this part of the world, which has been slower in countries like Chile, I would say, because we do not have that big influence. Mm. Just that as a parenthesis, because I think it's very important to understand like the big picture of the region. Yeah, yeah that's um, interesting. If, if, if you allow me, that's, that's the case, for instance, in Costa Rica, that they've been partnering this authority, this lo local authority of uh, commissioners of evaluation from the local government that need the plan. They've been partnering with uh, the German cooperation, international cooperation, the VAL. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's been, uh, um, they, they've, they've created a, very, uh, a really interesting uh, collaboration and that it goes back and forth uh, from, from there to, to here to here from there. Uh, side both 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 ways and and, and the, the the methods. This is this I I can say that the methods that they are creating, in terms, for instance, of the participatory evaluation, are being replicated here. For instance, in Mexico as well by some local local authorities, subnational governments, but also in other countries of 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 of, uh, of Latin America, they've been creating manuals for evaluation with different perspectives at the local uh, at the national level and for for public policies that they posted online in their website. And I can, I can tell that they've been uh, util, being utilized and adopted by, by, by other, other countries in the region. That's, that's an example of, of what Claudia was, was saying. Yeah. I'm curious, is this something that you see as a good development for the field and in, in the region? Like, is it a welcome development or is it something that you wish evaluation was being more like developed from the ground up as opposed to the international co-op uh, IOCE and United Nations kind of bringing in what could be outside approaches? What are, what are your perspectives on that? That's a very difficult question, Donna. <laughs> I would right. say... Uh, there is a space, it depends on the team, of course, but I would say there is much space for innovation within the implementation of these approaches. I mean, UN Women or uh, UNDP could say, you know, we, we insist you to use uh, collaborative methods, but within that you have space for innovation which you do not always have when you work, for example, with the public sector. So that I would applause. However, I think it's important that we think about national evaluation capacities, uh, meaning that who is doing that evaluation? Because if me, Claudio Lavarria, that I was born and raised in a rural part of Chile, can implement that and innovate and incorporate the cultural uh, approaches, etc., it might work very well. But if someone from Sweden, for example, <laughs> comes and implements the same that they did in Asia or in Africa, in this part of the world, might not work so well. So I would just say that I do not have the question here to your question. I think it's, I do not have the answer to your question. I think it's quite difficult. But I would uh, advocate always to have diverse intercultural and intergenerational teams that could take that with the appropriate capacities and make it to a very, very strong product and probably a, a, 
and knowledge production to share with the evaluation community in the region and worldwide. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a very polemic and and and, and an interesting because it's uh, it's political. It's also it 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 involves it involves power relations, north south south south, uh, especially north south, and. Uh, I don't have the answer. Also, it's, it depends on the agency, it depends on the case, it depends on, on the on the commissioner. But I would know. I, I would say that that what, that what would like to see it's it's what what also Claudia mentioned that uh, uh, a fair uh, cooperation, uh, and that involves the participation of local local people in the teams of evaluation, of course, because one of the standards that we we some uh, seldomly see, uh, sometimes we see uh, and, and we, we critique those, those schemes of working is that, oh, uh, as, as Claudia was, was, was mentioned, it's that it comes the international team with, 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 with evaluators from, from the North, from, from Europe, from, from, from the US, from Canada, working with, uh, with, with, uh, with uh, pro local projects. And related to us as, as evaluators, as enumerators, and, 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 as, as right? And so it's like, well, we need enumerators. Okay, you have an, a consultancy. There's been a lot of, of times that I get the calls and do you have enumerators? Do you have uh, interviewers? We, I mean, we can des uh, design the, the, the evaluation. We can participate in the analysis of the evaluation, not just gathering data, right? And um, and yeah, this is one of the things we would like to see more. It's like the fair and just cooperation, horizontal cooperation, uh, because there's um, when when evaluation is happening, uh, innovation is happening from the ground up, as you mentioned, it's better. And I can I can see an, an example of that. The the the, uh, the, the team of uh, eval participativa. Which is a, 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 a which is a, a a learning community that it is happening in, in, in Latin America. It's also creating you know like ground uh, ground up uh, initiatives in terms of uh, participatory evaluation methodologies, case studies that are uh, I think it's a good example of of of, of collaboration and fair and just collaboration from teams from the north, teams from the south, local local communities, local authorities in terms of providing an. Uh, Made in Latin America, if, if that is, it's 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 such, such a such a concept exists, I'm, I'm proposing it probably. Uh, mm -hmm. But um, made in Latin America evaluation, we know for sure that it's being that those kind of uh, 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 attempts are being done uh, being do, do, doing in, in in Africa, the made in Africa evaluation, where they are they are having having this uh, pushing and promoting for this this uh, this fair and just collaboration in in, in evaluation. And addressing these power relations that I was talking about, so we would like to to see more more of that probably in order to 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 equalize and make our horizontal collaboration with our peers in, in in the north, for sure. And and it's also because there is a wide, a very interesting intellectual production in this side of the world. Even in the the evaluation field, has very strong products here but they should be disseminated from here to the world, which is not easy because we have, for example, the, the language barrier among others. But there, are, there is very interesting stuff going on here uh, when, with developing the evaluation approaches and tools and all that. And I need to do my work of looking into that. That sounds <laughs> awesome. I, I really want to learn more about this stuff. I'm going to check out that Eval Participativa. Thank you for dropping that link in the chat. I'll put that in the show notes. Um, but I just I really love this because I personally have had this kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but kind of this like, I, I don't do an international work. I don't do an international evaluation. And I think it's because of kind of what you're saying is like, it just feels extractive and it doesn't seem appropriate for me to go into a context that I am not familiar with that do an evaluation. I, I can't design an evaluation appropriately that way. And therefore it would be an invalid evaluation. But the way you're describing it about how it should be a horizontal structure, like if, you know, if, if two of us or the three of us partnered together on an evaluation and I brought in my own expertise in addition to your expertise, 
to develop an evaluation and design and conduct and implement an evaluation like that that feels like something that would I'd be comfortable with right um and I think the reason why I've always just kind of been like hesitant to do international evaluation is because I've only seen that first one where it's extractive you know it's um you you get local folks to do the data collection and that's it and it's like no, they have way more expertise. Why are you coming in to do this work? And it never felt right. And so I was like, I just don't do that work. But this way just sounds, I want to see more of that. So thank you. It would be very fun. We should do that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was thinking about like, who does evaluation? I'm kind of curious, like, how do people in your context get into the field of evaluation? Are there like what training programs are there? Education programs? I'm I'm gonna just throw a guess out there that it's kind of like what everybody says, which is like you fall into it, you become an accidental evaluator. But I'm curious, like what the training and you know education looks like. You no, know, we have been discussing this for long in in our we have this P2P peer-to-peer uh, plus uh, sessions in which we talk to folks that are starting their, their career in evaluation about things like this. And it's always fun because it depends on the perspective of who's telling the story. Last time we gathered with Esteban Tapela and Alejandra Faundes, we had their view about it. And this, Alejandra said, which marked me very much, that in Latin America in the past 30 years, people that started to evaluate were either um, formed or trained in other, in trained in other disciplines like sociology, economy, engineering, and they starting doing their evaluation practice, which they learn within the practice, or they were trained in other continents. Those were the two options. Mm-hmm. That's 30 years ago. However, these days we have many training programs. I would say all of them are postgraduate programs few in Mexico, in Chile also, in Costa Rica, but they're very different regarding their, whether they are master degrees or diplomas or if they're permanent or what team implements them. So it's, it's a very wide offer, but I would say it's, it's not the same or equivalent or as valuable, not valuable, as uh, robust, if you want to say it, in different countries. So there are many countries that lack the offer. Now you can take them online due to the pandemic and all that. But I would say there's still many people that train themselves as evaluators. They never study evaluation itself, but they're practicing evaluation for 10, 20, or 30 years in the region. For example, I'm a sociologist, and I my first job was in evaluation. So then I started there, and I, and I never left it but I work mostly with engineers or economists, uh, I don't know, doctors and all kinds of people from this region. I don't know if Gerardo, you have a different view there. No, it's pretty similar. I'm, 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 I'm very sorry to disappoint you now that it's quite the same. It's uh, an evaluator, a, pe- a person bumps into evaluation many, yeah, mostly by accident. I mean, it's, uh, or by circumstances. <laughs> There is not so much promotion from that in universities, for sure, at least in bachelor degree. And um, evaluation is uh, appearing in the, in, in the curriculums and, and, uh, and the programs of, 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 of uh, um, university studies uh, in, in postgraduate studies, in, in, in master degree and PhDs and diplomas and, and courses, uh, certified, certificated courses. And, and one is, um, we, we did a, I, I remember we did a, a survey in the, in the value Mexico chapter quite, quite um, three years ago, some, some years ago. And um, we asked that, that, that question and the majority of, the, of, of people told us that it was uh, because they were, uh, it, it was needed someone who do an evaluation while they were economists, while they were poli- political scientists, were working in the government. Is there any one of you, you know, like can can do this uh, for us? And okay, let, let's see what's what's this this about and start, you know, like doing doing this and that. And as Claudia mentioned, as, as uh, the 
the training the training uh, is being um, uh, exploding the, the options so, uh, and we see that very very happily because there's there's more courses specifically in evaluation and uh, but what we would like to see more is the promotion of uh, okay after this course what 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 is next how we get people into the into the job 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 market and this is uh, in uh, parenthesis one of the things that we are doing in the value of Latin America and the Caribbean the, the regional chapter is to promoting it's advocating it's talking with the, the, the commissioners in one, on the one hand and the other with uh, evaluation uh, coordinators and teams and coordination is like hey there is um, you, you you can you can have value you can add value to your teams by you know like partnering and and, and working and hiring a, a young and emerging evaluator uh, and in a entrance role, you know, like a analyst, for, for, for instance, in order to get them trained uh, for you to 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 jointly uh, grow, right, and 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 grow in the, the practice of evaluation. But yeah, this is one of the things that we are trying to 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 promote more the the the, the role of evaluation as a as a career path. Regarding that professionalization, Dana, there is there is some fun stuff going on. We do not have an institution that gives you an evaluation title, says you know, you know, Claudia, now you're an evaluator. So for example, for me, I define myself first as a researcher, then I was an evaluative researcher in my own conception. Eh? Then I said, you know, I'm an evaluator. I consider myself as an evaluator after 30 years. And now I became to understand that I'm an evaluation facilitator. But this all happens in my head because I do not have a title that says, Claudia, you know, now you are officially an evaluator because you have these certain years. And we do not either have uh, competencies, even though there are some efforts in that line, like competencies definition that said, at this point, you're taking this test or whatever, this certification that you would be considered an evaluator. So it's not, even not an easy self-definition to decide when or whether you are an evaluator or not. We, yeah, if, if you allow me, we, we are not in the, in, the, in, the in the same position, for instance, as Canada, that I know that they, uh, the Canadian Evaluation Society, if I'm, not, I'm not, not, not mistaken, they have the certification of evaluation, which, parenthesis, I, I'm not pretty sure if we're gonna pursue that path because no. I have some issues with, with certifications. <laughs> in, in my in my perspective, but personally, I don't I don't like it that much. But um, there is, um, for instance, I would just like to highlight the, the the role of the regional centers for learning on evaluation and results. The Clear Initiative, that it is also um, they 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 have they've been establishing different regions of the world. There's the 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 Clear in Latin America and the Caribbean, which it's with its course of evaluation uh, program evaluation, it's been one of the main references for training that uh, people from uh, from not just Mexico, from 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 Latin America uh, come come because it's in Mexico City, come here and uh, and and do and, and do this program is one of the the main references, uh, but but along many other many others in, in these years. Uh, and there is some uh, efforts put by um, the, the Network for System Evaluation and Systematization in Latin America, the RELAC, the, some, some uh, uh, working groups or task forces for, prof for uh, ethics or standards in evaluation. We know for mm -hmm. it's kind of trying to, 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 to replicate and adapt <laughs> what's being done, of course. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you, Claudia, for showing us that. For, 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 for you folks in the radio that are, <laughs> for you folks in the, for the audience that are, it is, uh, they, they cannot see us, uh, Claudia showing, showing us the, the standards for, for evaluation in, America, in Latin America, in America Latina, and some, some uh, initiatives like that in order to, to say, hey, there's no uh, standard way, one uh, a single rule to do to, to do an evaluation, but we promote we provide you some guidance, some ethical, uh, practical, and professional guidance on what we would like to see as uh, in, in in the in the in the performance of an evaluator, and it's being done co uh, collectively, which is uh, it's also very important. We we're uh, passing you the the link if if you are so gentle to, to yeah, pass thank you. That's pass along. Thank you. That's definitely going in the show yeah. notes. 
Mm-hmm. So you both kind of were just like, no, no to certification. Is there any professionalization like beyond like setting up standards that, that you think is either happening or you'd like to see happen? You know, I think it's not an easy conversation and I don't think I'm prepared like to, to give you a very strong answer on this. That said, I believe we should not sacrifice the flexibility and the openness and the multidisciplinarity, if that word exists, of the evaluation practice today. I will never sacrifice that to have more standardized profile because I think that's what's rich about evaluation. And there is also this other discussion about whether you should be specialist in one evaluation subject, like I work in energy or climate change and just there. Myself, I work in all kinds of, of evaluation uh, evaluations from culture to education to innovation and among many others. And I think, I think, I personally think you should be an expert in evaluation methodology mm-hmm. to be able to to partner with someone that's an expert in certain subjects and someone from the cultural and the field and the community and all that. I think that's what works the best. However, definitely we do need to advance in quality of evaluation in making sure the evaluations that are being done out there are high quality because otherwise that is, that could be very bad for the field, for the decision-making, for the sensitization towards evaluation among others. I do not have the solution on how to do that, but I think it's a, a very important challenge. And, and I also think the role of the VOPIS, the Voluntary Organization of Evaluation Professionals, uh, it's been very important, at least, in, well, in Mexico, and I, and I, I know for sure that in the region, the proliferation of, 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 of this and the, uh, and the enhancement and betterness of betterment of these uh, these networks, I see very happily um, that um, more and more young and emerging evaluators are joining this uh, this organization, this this VOPIS. and uh, and I I think it's because this um, <clears throat> this is like the theory of change of the IOCE, uh, the, the International Organization for Capacities in, in Evaluation, and uh, that with the establishment of such an organization that are supposed to be ground up, and most of them are uh, grounded in, 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 in the, with the, it's a community of professionals, community of learning that are uh, setting, if not standards, good practices, which we would say, of what, how, how, how to ethically and productive and, and, and uh, appropriately and uh, professionally conduct evaluations. And I think that this this work is is it's it's also very remarkable, because um, I I remember the, the the one paragraph from the blue marble evaluation book from 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 Patton, Michael Quinn Patton, who who was talking about the the, the risk of of a standardization and and and, and, and credentialization, as a, as an positive uh, mechanism for exclusion. You have the credential, you don't have it, and you're paying for that, and you don't have it, and it has some history behind it. Uh, he, in, 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 he's uh, more more prone to to ask for for this uh, community of practices and and, and good and, and sharing good practices and, and have a, a, at least a, a, a common ground a codic of conduct ethics and I see that it's that those efforts are being promoted and being uh, um, adopted adapted and used by 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 evaluators. And especially by young and emerging evaluators, and that's our role for us as eval youth to promote these these standards. Yeah, these good practices. Sorry. Claudia, mm-hmm. you're muted. Yes, I just wanted to add one little thing that regarding your question to to the the whole podcast. I said, what would be a good evaluator in Chile, Mexico, or in Mongolia might be very, very different. So we need to think about that. And maybe VOPIs are a great space or community of practice to to give that discussion. I agree. I'm I'm just 
I'm very interested in kind of what this might look like, what professionalization could look like. Cause I, I understand the, the, the desire to maintain our multidisciplinarity, our, the diversity of perspectives and approaches to doing this work. Um, but then balancing on that of exactly what you're saying of maintaining the quality of the work that we're doing, um, how to do that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure, but I'm, you know, on the same boat and I'm just really interested in hearing your pers everybody's perspectives, because I agree, I think it will look different in every context. Canada's got their certification process, America, not sure yet what we're doing. Uh, we're very against it largely, but we'll see. Are there other aspects of evaluation in your context that we haven't discussed yet that would be important to do so? There's one emphasis that I think that's important that I don't know if it's a characteristic of the evaluation practice, but I think it's a challenge that's very important. That's the inclusiveness of evaluation regarding this 2030 agenda and leaving no one behind mandate. In this part of the world, we have great challenges regarding inequalities, all kinds of inequalities. So we think it's a focus that should be highlighted when thinking about how evaluation should be done, how evaluators should be, who should be an evaluator, and all the, the reflection about our practice. I just wanted to highlight that one. I, again, don't have the solution or any proposal, like concrete proposals about it, but I think that's a challenge that we do need to highlight when thinking about Latin America. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I have a couple of questions to help us wrap up. And um, the first one is just thinking about what's happening in the whole field of evaluation. What's, what's happening that you're really excited about? I'm excited about the Eval for Action campaign. Aren't you, Claudia? Well, I'm really, really excited about seeing young and emerging evaluators taking a leading role in the conversation and the actions towards strengthening evaluation worldwide. I think that's a movement that we should applaud. We are retiring myself and Gerardo probably soon too, but I think it's giving us so much learning these days. Yeah, I'm and energy and passion. I think that's the most important thing, energy and passion they have. Yeah, I agree. I love I love Eval Youth and everything it's doing. And um, a couple of podcast episodes ago, I had um, some folks talking about the, the global mentoring program, but all the different initiatives and the reach and scope of what they're doing. It's just in it's incredible yeah. that what they've accomplished over the years, so. Yeah, I'm also very excited about how the the young and emerging evaluation evaluators community worldwide it's 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 been growing with a lot of energy, with a lot of passion, to commit on uh, voluntary uh, work and actions and projects in order to strengthen the capacities and include evaluate uh, young and emerging young and emerging evaluators, and also for the betterment of their of their profession and. Uh, I see them as, as a very, very committed professionals, committed to, to innovation, to really change their, their or um, improve their national cap uh, monitoring and evaluation m &E systems, uh, the very different levels, because it's very interesting how this uh, uh, organization is, is, is getting its roots really in, 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 in at, the, at the very local, national, regional, international level. I am very, very excited about the Eval Youth and all the future as well of Eval Youth. I am, I am, um, I'm going to tell you that uh, uh, recently uh, Eval Youth is uh, having elections globally for the renewal of uh, its uh, its leadership. Its leadership, and we are very, 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 very happy because we had a very good turnout of uh, candidates from the Latin American region. A lot of folks uh, uh, that were very interested to participate. We were uh, at some points um, um, kind of um, worry about, you know, like thinking about the sustainability of this 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 initiative. As Claudia mentioned, we are 
we are um, graduated from 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 being a young and emerging evaluators. We have to also have uh, elections very uh, in, in very soon in the next few few months in Latin America. We were asking, well, do you think people will, would be interested to participate? Are they engaged enough? So far, we have nine uh, uh, national chapters in in in, in, the, in the region: Mexico, wow. Costa Rica, Bolivia. Uh, um, Peru, Chile, Argentina, Paraguay, uh, I said Mexico, yeah. And uh, well, we're, will they be uh, engaged, interested? And yeah, it turned out that they are because we've been having conversation, we've been receiving emails, we've been receiving uh, messages. Okay, how, how do I uh, get access and, 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 and how, how can I uh, participate in this? So I think the initiative will be in good hands and there will be evaluated for a long time. And I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I'm so excited to see the next chapter, right? Um, to see who, who takes over from you two and, and grows it to you know, even bigger and better things. It's awesome. And also if I- so Last up. Um, very very quickly, if I might uh, add something, it's the how, to see how are we gonna uh, evaluate the the SDGs and the and the uh, SDG uh, twenty thirty agenda. I think there's a lot of uh, it's a it's a very important role that the young and emerging evaluators will have in in evaluating the SDGs. So I would very I, I am very excited and I would like to see more. Uh, capacity development in terms of evaluation for the SDGs and, and also evaluation for systemic, for uh, global uh, perspectives, uh, with evaluation without borders, some, 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 some of them may need. Uh, and I'm very looking forward to see how that, that near future evolve in, in, in the community of, 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 of Gs, as we, we, we call them, the young and emerging evaluators. So to wrap up, um, what's coming up for you that you'd like to share with our listeners and how can people best get in contact with you? Well, to get in contact with us, you can um, look for us for Ever Youth Lack in social media. We're at Ever Youth Lack in Twitter and Facebook. And we have an email that we will leave here so you, Donna, can share with, with the people that want to get in touch. It, in my case, I'm having a baby <laughs> very soon next month. So I would just take a few Congrats. months over and they would start working in, in consultancy in Latin America, especially in gender uh, responsive evaluation, which I'm very, very excited because it's something we do with rural populations. That's in my personal project. And I wanted to share with you regarding the question of the, of the podcast, how does evaluation look like in our own context? That um, Seval from, from the Saarland University is launching very soon this first semester, I don't know the date, a book that's called The Evaluation Globe. And this chapter would be the Americas that would have a, a review of the, of the institutionalization of evaluation in different countries of the Americas. So I think this could be very useful also to to give some evidence to this discussion that we're having today. Thank you. Thank you. Is, is that part of a series of books and that yes. like, this is like the second book in that series? Okay, I, I think the first one was the Europe, right? And that's already exactly. out. Exactly, yes. So the second one's coming out, good. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll find that book and link to that in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, reach us on Facebook, reach us on Twitter. It's uh, at uh, evaluate-lack, uh, low dash. And uh, write us an email, evaluate-lack, everything together uh, at gmail.com. And uh, very looking forward to, to hear your comments and connect. And you can see us in the Eval for Action campaign that's coming this year with many, many activities and we will be there looking for you.
Yeah, lots of stuff coming up for Eval for Action. So yeah, I'll, I'll link to some of, some of those stuff. But if you are not on Twitter and following the Eval for Action campaign, there is a lot of action already started with that. So uh, thank you for, for dropping those links in the chat for me, Claudia. Well, both of you, Claudia, Gerardo, thank you so much. I've had a wonderful time chatting with you and getting to learn more about both you and your context of work uh, better through this conversation. Thank you, Donna, for the invitation. I enjoyed it very much. It was a very fun conversation on very important issues. Me too. Thank you so much, Donna, for the invitation. I'm delighted to participate and had a good time talking about what's, uh, what is um, very passionate for me, one of my passions, and uh, very looking forward to see, and see you hopefully uh, sometime very soon in person possibly, we don't know, hopefully. Friends from the evaluation community in North America, Canada, US and Mexico, we from uh, Eval Youth are uh, very excited to tell you and invite you to the regional evaluation consultation in the frame of the Eval for Action campaign. It's gonna be on the 20th of April. Very looking forward to see you there. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please visit the podcast website at evaluland.fireside.fm where you can subscribe to get notified of new episodes and contact us with your questions, comments, or suggestions. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this has been Evaluland.